0: Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in beautiful Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me on this later than usual for us Sunday afternoon in Dallas, Texas, Meredith, all the way home alone, mayhand. Good afternoon, Meredith. Uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't see it, but I had my hands on my cheeks.
0: I heard the slap. It was good. Good. Uh, and in Roseville, Minnesota, Roseville, Minnesota, that is, wait for it, wait for it, here we go. Roseville, Minnesota, home to the John Rose Oval, North America's largest outdoor artificial sheet of ice in the parental <laughs> eavesdropping studios. It's Ann Lundholm. Good afternoon, Anne. Hello, Bobby. I have skated on the John Rose Oval many times. <laughs> I had to find a fun fact about Roseville on very short notice. In fact, we are very close to the John Rose Oval. We're right in the neighborhood. Uh, more on that in a minute as to why. We'll do that in LRB Business, then we'll talk about your weekend review housekeeping and how you, dear listener, can get involved with our show. Uh, but first, some LRB Business, and before we get into anything else, Anne, can you tell us why you're in Roseville, so close to that North America's largest outdoor sheet of artificial ice. Actually, I think it's not artificial ice, an artificial sheet of ice. It's been a rough day, Bobby. Yeah. Um,
2: So I have no internet, and I was putting my notes in for the show, and then I had no internet, and that's about as far as we've gotten. And I did all the troubleshooting with CenturyLink, and they said, nope, it's not us, and I have an uh, an ISP that's just a little mom and pop company because I like to try and support small business. And they are closed on the weekend, so I couldn't call them and I could not troubleshoot it myself. And so I called up my mommy and said, Can I come over and record my podcast at your house? <laughs> and she said, Sure.
0: <laughs> and then you heartlessly threw her out of the room.
2: I did. She um, is very interested in all of this and she was sitting next to me. I, you know, you have to resolve those initial setup problems and does your computer always do this this way kind of questions. so she was sitting in here with me and playing on her phone and when uh, bobby sent the link to get started i had to say uh, mom you either have to turn the sound down on your game or you have to leave at this point because we're going to start <laughs> and so and she, she chose her she, game over you yes she left yeah. and i shut the doors but there um there's about a mm, half an inch gap in between the doors so she can certainly listen to everything that we're saying if she so chooses. So how much do you love your parents? I love my parents so much. They are in fact my
0: favorite parents that I've ever had. (laughs) I'm glad we got that out of the way. (laughs) Uh before we move on to everything else, we should mention that our Friday show featured uh, not me, but the other two hosts joining me this afternoon, Anne, Meredith. You talked science, and Mike wasn't even allowed to come interrupt.
1: Nope. No, and, and I, we... I
0: haven't heard from him about it either. No, I'm wondering. I think he's probably shell-shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But we did hear from a bunch of other lady scientists who really enjoyed the show. We had a lot of fun recording it, but honestly, I wasn't sure how much people would like it because it was very kind of science-y and not so like joke, joke, joke as we sometimes are. And uh, Meredith and I decided that we were pretty much our own P1s.
1: So we were just going to have to trust that we liked it. (laughs) I wasn't too worried about if anyone else liked it. I had a good time.
0: Uh, Really, that's all that matters. That's the only reason I do this show in the first place, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is to amuse myself and you guys. So if everyone else likes it too, that's great. But yeah, the feedback's been positive, and I've appreciated seeing some feedback about that show from people we don't always hear from, because you guys reached an audience that I think has been listening um, but hasn't felt compelled to reach out and it's nice to know that they're out there so it's,
1: it's interesting to me how many uh statisticians listen, listen to the show
0: no doubt
1: more than i thought
0: <laughs> yeah i am amazed that so many people interested in nailing down facts would be able to listen to luke five days a week <laughs> uh, so if you haven't listened to Friday's show yet please go listen and i know the two of you were a little worried that that maybe it was a little heavy on you guys talking about how you got to your own jobs. But I found that fascinating. I've known both of you for years now, and there are still little tidbits in there that I didn't know because we had just never gotten that deep into the conversation. So um, I found it thoroughly enlightening and entertaining. And uh, maybe you didn't whiz in quite as many uh, smokers Robin Williams style, but there were still plenty of laughs in that episode. So Good. Good. Uh, on to your throw your phone moments uh, for this week. Uh, I'm going to take – Uh, and spot doing this because she's been a little backed up today um and in fact we're just going to highlight one because the outrage was enough that we had to put a special investigator on it Uh, (laughs) we uh all heard luke say i think on tuesday um that airline pilots just fly however they want to get to their destination cities there are no highways (laughs) in the sky uh they just do whatever they're feeling on a particular day and that led to among other people, an email from listener Eric, who said, uh, quite simply, Luke declares commercial pilots are, quote, taking their own route to get from one city to another. Arg, no, they don't. Throws light phone against wall. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that it it, uh, it probably didn't go as far because it didn't have the heft of a regular phone. Right. Only the size yeah. of a credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you kind of fling it like a playing card. Uh, so we put uh, investigative producer Jeremy Holmes on this. Uh, he put on his red iTeam investigative blazer <laughs> and uh, sent a message to an anonymous uh, source in the airline industry who we could rely on for an answer. And here is the response from that uh, anonymous, highly regarded uh, you know industry expert. Actually, dispatch looks at the weather and coordinates with air traffic control for the route you are allowed to fly. There are prescribed routes called airways. You can ask for the airway of your choice, but it must be ATC approved. You know, I'm only a text away if Luke ever decides that facts matter.
1: (laughs) Don't hold your breath.
0: Yeah. Uh, So there it is, straight from the source. Uh, I know you're all shocked. But I'm just glad that Luke didn't buy that weird pedal plane thing that he was looking at a few weeks ago.
2: Oh, Lord. (laughs)
0: And uh, thank you all for your feedback, guys. We're going to leave it there uh, for this week. But uh, as always, keep it coming. Uh, One more thing I wanted to mention. I put this on LRB Business before all of our personal lives blew up this week. But um, last night uh, I may have had a couple of drinks and we were watching TV. This has nothing to do with TBTL or LRB, by the way. But I wanted to have an idea to float. Uh, This is sort of like Mike has ideas, but it's Bobby because Mike's been busy the last couple of weeks. Um, Are you familiar with the TV show Chopped? Yes. Sure. Classic Food Network, four Mm -hmm. people compete, basket of mystery ingredients, half an hour to make each course. Um, We had the idea last night. I had the idea last night, and I forced it upon my wife and her brother and his wife who were visiting us, um, that they should do, because they do all these different rounds. Last night we were watching Grilling Chopped in Napa, and they conveniently got wine and grape leaves and all these thematic items in their baskets. Um, They should definitely do Hobo Chopped. And it's just all, all the ingredients that you can get in your bindles. So we have um, a <laughs> can of beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the foraging garbage-y type stuff. So um, pizza crusts. A fish um, skeleton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a full fish skeleton like Heathcliff style. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just see what they can come up with. Because it always ends up looking like garbage at the end anyway. Especially when they have to do it all on a grill. <laughs> So I just want to plant the seeds out there, guys. Hobo Chopped. Send me your suggestions for basket <laughs> items for Hobo Chopped.
1: Now, when you and when you put see. this on the list, I got a little concerned that you were going to suggest that we recruit homeless people to
0: cook <laughs> random ingredients. No, no, no. That would be that would be humiliating and mean. Yes. The homeless people are the judges. Oh, good. Oh, ah, okay. there we go. Because they would be the culinary experts and. They're getting three free meals out of it. True. So everybody wins. But the grand prize has to be a lot lower because we have to meet the expectations of hobo jobs. So of course, it's like 10,000 pennies instead of $10,000. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of the plight of homeless people. Plus, I think when I say hobo, I'm picturing a very classical, like I'm picturing a guy hopping on a boxcar with mm-hmm. a needle. Right. So, mm-hmm, yeah. sure. This is a very caricaturized. I don't mean to cause any harm. Uh, hunger is a serious issue in this country. Please go do something about it. I'll put a link in the show notes. But also, <laughs> come joke with me about Hobo Chopped.
2: <laughs> this is just what happens when Bobby gets a few drinks in him.
0: Yep. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll go to our Week in Review. And why don't you get us started with Monday?
2: Well, Luke starts the show on Monday, number 2380, Party in the Front, Practical in the Back. By talking about how Olive is now just staying in bed under the covers like a human person. And uh, there was a picture of that, wasn't there?
0: It's made the rounds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Carrie put it on Facebook. Luke tweeted it.
2: That's right. That's where I saw it in his Twitter feed. And it's pretty funny. I like that a lot. Uh, Meredith, do your animals do that?
1: Uh, None of the cats do. They're also not allowed in our bedroom because Duff's very allergic to them. Oh, that's right. Yep. But Eddie does. Gets under the covers like a person? Yeah, he's somehow exempt from this rule. He actually slept in the bed last night again. um, And he will sleep under the covers with his head on a pillow.
0: Aww. He knows what he likes. It's very cute. How about Cupcake? Uh, Cupcake sleeps almost exclusively on Samantha's head. Oh. Um, If she is able, she'll scoot down and put another pillow above her. And Cupcake might sort of sleep on that. Um, but Cupcake spends most of the night walking all over us and then eventually curling up in Sam's hair or face. Um, <laughs> and when Sam's out of town or something and it's just me, she she sleeps on Sam's side of the bed but not in my face. And if it's just Sam and half the bed is open, she still sleeps on Sam's face. It's very specific to Sam. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. And I can't win her love, although I'm not really trying very hard seeing what it means. No kidding okay yeah. hmm all of a
2: sudden I'm very happy to not be a cat owner <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the guys immediately get into movie and TV talk and it has to do with another drop quiz that somebody's giving somebody I honestly I'm done paying attention to drop quizzes because they're just not very rewarding <laughs> um, right. but but the person that we're guessing about is a some, somewhat gender non specific voice. And so that takes them to, to uh, gender bending uh, movie roles. And uh, Andrew is obsessed with this movie called Just One of the Guys, where whatever it was, some lady that was um, cross dressing in order to get ahead in her career. I forget about all the specifics of that. And he remains fixated on this through most of this tangent. And uh, Luke thinks that maybe instead of being just sexist and dumb, it was sneakily progressive, showing the lengths that women have to go to in order to be taken seriously in the working world.
0: See Friday's show. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Uh, and uh, then he talks about, uh, well, first of all, he conflates these two movies, She-Devil and Once Bitten, which I, are completely different movies. I don't understand how you would get from one to the other, except for the titles maybe have something to do with devils and vampires. Um, And there's a long discussion about this and about how he spent a lot of time as a kid in Cragen's pharmacy, staring at the selection of the VHS movies that they had there. And I remember that too, when you were sort of further out in the country, a lot of places in Minnesota where the gas station convenience store is also the, the video rental place, and they have that small selection of whatever movies that you can um, rent. I guess over and over and over.
0: Yeah, if Tom, if if In the Dark taught me anything, besides the fact that um, policing in Minnesota is is pretty painfully <laughs> abysmal, it's that you ride your bike to the Tom Thumb to look for a movie.
2: <laughs> yes, indeed, you do. Um, Continuing on the movie talk, Andrew saw the movie License to Drive recently and found it to be sexist and rapey, as many 80s movies are, and that leads to a sad discussion because all discussions are sad about Corey Feldman coming to Bellingham with his, whatever that weird show he has, like with the angel ladies or whatever, and Luke says he might go see him ironically, which I just think that he shouldn't do because...
1: I don't think that we should enable that. I don't know. Remember when he went to the Charlie Sheen
2: show? Yes. Yes. Same
1: thing. I
2: just... No. I don't know. It seems mocking and unkind to me to do that. Um, Then they want to get into the airing of grievances because a listener emailed Luke, very irate, and said that he needs to get an ad blocker so that they can stop getting ad blocked i guess (laughs) um was this in relation meredith to what you were saying about how they always have to sit through the ads when they're playing youtube videos
1: i don't know if ad blockers work on youtube they might i I just don't know i think they're just talking about like when you go to a random web page or like a local news site and you Mm -hmm. know how they're just like plastered with ads and half of them will start playing or you scroll and they start playing and That sort of stuff. I think that's what he was... Yeah, uh, yeah, auto-loading ads. Mm -hmm.
2: They complained about different kinds of ads so much last week that I just can't keep them all straight.
0: (laughs) This is all Um, part of the greater problem that two men obsessed with life hacks can't think about the basic things that would make their job (laughs) easier.
2: (laughs) Yes. And as long as they're uh, reading annoyed emails, somebody else thought that the whole discussion about the top story sounder being upcut last week was too long which I believe I said that I totally agreed with that because that was just ridiculous and they get into a little bit of a talk about critical feedback which they were like being jokey about it but they were also kind of aggressively saying we don't care it's like they alternate between getting all up in their feelings and being hurt by criticism and then still being hurt but Really pushing back on it And I felt like this was much more of a a pushing back Kind of a say what you want to say But we're going to do what we want to do kind of thing
0: Yeah I put in my notes that it was A surprising combination of being Indignant and self-aware
2: Yes (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But they don't, But then they said that they don't like it when people are jokey in criticism. So they don't like it when people come at them hard, but they don't like it when people try to soften it up in jokes. I just, right. and they think that the top story sounder thing was fun and enjoyable, which
1: is not self-aware. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's clear that they
0: just don't like criticism in any form ever. No, yeah. that's true. It is interesting, though, that this was a conversation about the ad blocker email, and spoiler alert, Luke downloads an ad blocker later in the week and loves
2: it. (laughs) I know, it's just impossible to work out the logic of all this in my brain, but he does concede that they would almost always benefit from shortening up on whatever they're doing. I think whether it's the show in general, although it wasn't overly long this week for most of the, the episodes... Uh, Or if it's just a particular segment. They do get a lot of good content around their segments. But then they just keep pushing it. Just maybe a little bit longer than necessary. Um, Luke used his light phone this weekend. It was a a successful trial, he thinks. Um, He did have some times when uh, he wished that he could have gotten to feedback quicker. He talks about when you make like an awesome tweet or something then you uh, spend a lot of time obsessively checking to see what kind of reaction that your tweet or uh, incredible facebook post or whatever got and so he wasn't able to do that with the light phone and that really affected him but other than that he says that he thinks it went pretty well i'm kind of surprised
0: we'll see how long he sticks with it
1: Yeah, that's true. Is this just going to be a weekend thing for him? Obviously, he can't do it when he's working.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Monday through Friday, he's all iPhone and wingtips. But once the weekends come, it's all light phones and Crocs. Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the dazzling donor today was Phyllis. Yay. Yay, Phyllis. And they mentioned her editor of the year award, which is awesome. And then Andrew Ax asks, asks her to back edit all the old TVTLs, oh, God. <laughs> pull them together, make them a little tighter.
1: <laughs> Don't ask. Cause she'll do it and she'll do yeah, a great job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a top story for the day. Uh, sharks in the news. We have two shark related stories. And the first one is this picture that's been circulating about some anonymous dude humping a dead shark on a boat out in the ocean, and there's been a lot of speculation as to who the person in this picture is. Of course, it couldn't possibly just be one of the million random people that's out in the world. It has to be the founder of Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly, this whole conspiracy thing, that it was Jimmy John himself. And then the other, um, the other suspect is the Florida Gators coach the second person that they decided mm-hmm. that it was. And both of these people, of course, have said that it's not them. Um, they talk about Jimmy John's for a while because he has kind of a problematic history of hunting for large African game, so people are thinking that it's reasonable that he could have um, humped a shark, I guess. Did you guys see the picture? I didn't see it until they did the story, and then I looked for it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... It's a still picture, but it doesn't look to me like he's humping it. It looks to me that he was walking around on a boat naked and he hid his junk behind a shark when the camera came
0: out. <laughs> There's no way this guy is lucky enough to need a whole shark to hide his junk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then they get into a story uh, or a, a a discussion of why eating at Jimmy John's is problematic. That Once you know the backstory of Jimmy John, then becomes difficult to eat there and how the decor is motivational. I don't know. There's a Jimmy John's down the street to my house and I don't think I've ever been in it. So I don't know.
0: Uh, I have a Jimmy John's complaint that has nothing to do with this guy being a douchebag. Um, It's actually about the policies at Jimmy John's. I've only been a few times, but there's one fairly near where I am right now, actually in my office at work. And I went one day with a colleague of mine for a quick lunch because he really likes it. And I went and ordered my sandwich and asked them if they could put pickles on it. And they said, no. And I said, but you sell pickles, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. You buy a whole pickle. When you want a pickle, it's like a dollar and you get a giant like barrel pickle. (sighs) And when you get it, they cut it up into spears and give you the whole thing. And I said, well, could you just cut it up and put it on the sandwich? No.
2: No pickle for you.
0: Right. (laughs) Weird. So I got my pickle spears, and then I ate them along with my sandwich, which was apparently allowed huh. in the dining room, which is the dumbest thing, right? All I wanted was pickles on my sandwich. Yeah. So fuck you, Jimmy John's. Maybe it is that guy on the charts.
1: <laughs> I think I've only been to Jimmy John's a couple times, but I am nearly run off the road by Jimmy John's delivery drivers almost every day. Oh, well, they got to get where they're going real quick. That's right. Yeah. Freaky fast. Mm-hmm. Um, That's their
2: thing.
0: Yeah. That's their only thing, is that they're fast.
2: (laughs) So some sports guy, I think this was in Florida, right, Uh, claims to know who the real guy humping the shark is, has been in communication with him, and he is too terrified to come forward because he's afraid that he'll get pilloried by the animal rights activists, which will definitely be a thing that will happen. I think that's probably the the smartest thing he's done in this whole sad, sorry tale is, is stay in hiding. Uh, and this is this just drifts into a general discussion of how we eat uh, animals and how we treat animals and the hy- hypocrisy of being meat eaters. They've had this conversation before, and I I don't see particularly for myself any conflict in eating animals but not wanting them to be treated crue- cruelly. That's my thing. Right. Yep. Uh, So moving on to the second shark story, there was uh, a police helicopter flying around in Orange County who saw a bunch of paddleboarders with 15 great white sharks hanging out around them, underneath them, and uh, they play the recording of them talking over the megaphone, saying uh, how they advised exiting the water in a calm manner. I don't know. I think myself as a pretty calm person. I'm not sure how calm I could be if somebody was like, oh, there are 15 sharks surrounding you. You need to calmly exit the water. <laughs> I'd be moving quickly. And this uh, is yeah, this is Luke's recurring stress dream, he says, about being caught in a, a pack of sharks, a school of sharks. I don't know what we call a group of sharks. And somewhere in here, they... Compare this to the Chevy commercials. Guess and that how both many... things are a
0: terrible fate.
2: I I don't know. It was something to do with how many awards. Like that one Chevy commercial, where they bring them in and they list the award, and then no, there's another one, and then there's another one, and then there's another one, and I guess that's the same with sharks. And Andrew gets mad about. These Chevy ads, and he, he talks about
1: that spokes guy and he call, refers to him as that bearded asshole, which made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he should start a podcast that's just about commercials. Yeah, maybe that's a good place to focus that energy.
0: Um, just to, I want to interrupt. I'm at sharks-world.com/slash. What underscore is underscore a underscore group underscore of underscore sharks underscore called slash? And there are several answers here. Uh, I'm going to read them in order of I think their comedic value. A group of sharks is called a school, a herd, a frenzy, ooh, a shiver. Mm. Or a gam. A gam? Like she's got nice gams. Gam. G-A-M. Huh. So I'd I'd still... It'd still be a toss-up between a gam of sharks and being stuck in one of those Chevy commercials.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well... Uh, Luke says that these ads are ineffective because they're all about J.D. Power Awards and J.D. Power Awards don't mean anything to him because they're not really a real thing. And I was like, hey, yeah, they're not really a real thing, are they? And I went and I looked it up. It's just J.D. Power is some sort of marketing mm-hmm. uh, yep. company. So they're, I guess if it was like Institute for Highway Safety, I would take them a little bit more seriously, but... Uh, and then we talk more about Luke's shark phobia and how he has a true shark phobia. He knows that it's something that's not rational, but but still, he says, I, I don't think that's one that I would make fun of him for. I think that may be a phobia, but it's a completely
1: reasonable, irrational phobia. Oh, well, yeah. There's no reason to be comfortable swimming amongst sharks, right? right? It's not impacting his life in a real negative way.
2: And we all know the statistics about sharks and how rare true shark attacks are, but man, those teeth, those are big.
1: Yeah, they're scary. uh,
2: We get a great voicemail today from uh, Sarah Mulrooney, who was on the show a couple of months ago, and it was her first Mother's Day without her mom this year, and she was feeling very sad about it, but she did some TBTL time banditing, and she said it really made her feel a lot better it comforted her and she wants to thank the guys for that so I thought that was a very lovely voicemail Uh, Luke mentions that he called Susie on Mother's Day and sang for she's a jolly good fellow (laughs) (laughs) following her recent birthday greetings to him and then they're very sweet and um, they console people uh, who don't have their moms or for whom Mother's Day is a bad day or for whatever reason are not able to celebrate with their moms. And I thought that was very, very nice of them. Very heartfelt. And then we go from heartfelt to Luke doing something incredibly embarrassing in that uh, he talks about how he and Carrie for their anniversary are going to have a little getaway next week at a hotel. And he got a confirmation email Uh, he thought from Carrie that had the wrong date. And so he sent this very schmoopy reply asking her if that was correct. And he got a return email correcting the dates. And then days later, he realized that he had sent his reply email to the front desk of the hotel. (laughs) And Andrew's response is, Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) And Andrew says, Uh, Let's face it, you're just screwed because now your brain is completely obsessed with the idea of what the hotel staff is thinking of you and you're going to spend the whole time at the hotel trying to explain it. And in fact, Luke has already tried to explain it because he called the hotel for some reason and tried to make some joke or explanation or whatever. And of course, it's not the person who received his email. So it's all just kind of silliness, but... That's an embarrassing one.
1: I don't I don't think it's that bad and I don't think he's screwed at all. I think he can let it no. kind of he should definitely be able to let this roll <laughs> off his back. It was sort of a sweet little email. It's not like he said anything horrible.
2: No, it's not like he made a dirty con- No, he, it and wasn't it's sexting her.
1: No, it's clear I, what happened. I'm sure if I got that email, if I was in Andrew's dream job of working in a mid-sized hotel, <laughs> uh I would understand what had happened and and forget about it. Regardless, I would still be embarrassed. I wouldn't spend
2: Uh, my whole stay trying to explain it because I feel like explaining just makes things worse. Like, stop calling
0: attention to it. Mm -hmm. He did sign it XO, which, (laughs) since I'm reading the internet today, he did post a picture of, of the screenshot of the email that he realized he sent. He tweeted it. Hi, loves, dot, dot, dot. Did you mean to make this reservation for tonight? It looks that way on the receipt. XO.
2: I mean, it's relatively innocuous, apart from the loves and the XO.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know. And it's totally And The email address isn't even a specific person. It's just the name of the inn, mm-hmm. and it's an info at... Yeah.
2: Eh. Oh, well. Any of the rest of us would get over this eventually. It's only Luke that's going to be telling this story for years to come. And speaking of which, this provides him with the opportunity to tell his uh, story about... Um, registering as a doctor at the Hotel Monaco and when they asked him at the front desk what kind of doctor he was he said brain doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All because you know, he thought he would get a better room.
1: Yeah, I went to the, that, that bachelorette party in Scottsdale probably half yeah, half of the, the women there were doctors and not a one of them mentioned it to the hotel front desk.
2: I, well, we heard from a lot of doctors for a different thing later in the week oh yeah we'll get to that later (laughs) so we can save that and finally in the day they discuss whether they should end the show with a ted nugent song and luke says no because he's one of the worst human beings ever and andrew wants to know if luke is able to make the distinction between the music and the person and it goes to woody allen and it goes to roman polanski and all that stuff and um they play a little bit of the Ted Nugent but then they agree that they just can't do it
1: and they switch to something else and that's monday all right tuesday 2381 cult de sac of personality uh this is a show where everything is a sponsor everything they mention becomes a <laughs> oh a, yeah a sponsor of tvtl mm-hmm. uh but we start out with a whisker watch alert which spawns a great deal of discussion about whether this is a watch or a warning and i think the word alert is what's throwing them off because she mm-hmm. clearly says watch Right, but alert is sort of sort of uh, the other thing, right? right? Like that's more extreme than a watch, it seems. Yeah. So poor yeah. poor choice of words uh, 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 from that crazy cat lady. Um, Andrew is flying to Minnesota for the fun drive, um, and Luke says that he's got a touchy question for andrew and the touchy question ends up being why does he feel like he needed to start the show early for his flight because luke is assuming that his flight is sometime in the evening and they're recording at 10 a.m because he i think he knows that andrew needs to leave himself a good deal of time for cushion and Mm -hmm. i think what he's getting at without saying it is that that's an excessive amount of time um andrew of course worked backwards and planned out uh a exactly how long everything is going to take and his flight is only at 325 and luke is kind of placated by that he thinks that's pretty reasonable and it actually sounds like luke's coming away or, or coming around to andrew's way of thinking um as far as if you're going to be waiting somewhere uh you may as well wait at the airport and make sure that you're not rushing to to miss your or to not miss your flight which is i'm, I'm surprised it took him 40 wonderful years to get to that conclusion, <laughs> no doubt you know
0: he's flown he's flown over seventy-five thousand miles
1: oh really is he like gold 75k or something <laughs> wow how
2: did it's you F-K know really? that
0: bobby uh i've been keeping track every flight i take a little note in my journal you okay. write down how many miles and yeah okay yeah yeah sure
1: yeah. Um, they this leads them to talk of um uh streaming things uh downloading streaming service stuff so uh Andrew mentions that you can do this on Amazon on demand. He says it's the only one, but Netflix is letting you do that now with certain programming. And uh I think this has been around for a while. This isn't I think we should play the that's not news sounder <laughs> yeah. on this guy. They just seem so proud of themselves.
2: Like, do you know that you could download things before you go and then watch <laughs> it on the plane? And I was like,
1: Yeah, yeah. you can <laughs> Uh, Andrew is watching the Americans. I haven't seen it. Um, but I do think that downloading, uh, content to watch on an airplane is probably the biggest, uh, biggest advancement for making air travel tolerable since alcohol was invented. Um, it keeps me occupied for a great deal of time.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, and luke mentions that he realized that he's not really important enough to need the in-flight wi-fi unless work is paying for it because he can't leave a single thing on the table if work will pay for it right Uh, and this is also where he mentions that that pilots get to just choose their routes and fly willy-nilly around the sky uh taking whatever insane route they want to get from city to city which we've already discussed is not the case Uh, the dazzling donor for today is a, a fellow named Steve Gehring, no relation, uh, to the German war criminal, according to Steve. And this leads Luke into mentioning the Twitter joke about how even Hitler didn't fire the head of the FBI. Now I think we need to discuss this because what I thought is this is because the Nixon library tweeted out that Nixon never fired the head of the FBI, which is technically true. Isn't that where the joke came from? Not because of the Spicer chemical weapon thing?
2: I don't recall this conversation well enough, but I do recall thinking that Andrew got the joke and Luke did not.
1: Okay.
0: Right. That so was my interpretation Luke, as well.
2: Yes. However, Luke was, was phrasing this was not correct.
1: And Well, then Luke becomes Sean Spicer because he did say something like Hitler had access to chemical weapons and didn't use them. <laughs> and he sounded like he was serious. Am I missing a joke here? <laughs> Well, maybe it's that Hitler had chemical
2: weapons that he didn't use, but it doesn't mean that he didn't use some of them,
0: <laughs> like he saved a few,
2: yeah, like he had a reserve doesn't mean that he
1: didn't use any.
0: <laughs> oh boy, this is the same rapid backpedalling that John Spicer was trying to do, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Luke needs to go hide in some bushes, yeah, I was just right. thinking somebody should photoshop that for him. <laughs> But
2: guys he didn't use the chemical weapons on his own people <laughs> oh what are you talking about
1: <laughs> except that he did um andrew makes a really bad bony coney 2012 joke oh coney 2012 has been on his mind lately yeah it came up a few times this week Mm-hmm. let's not encourage it yeah no um so this is all within the poor uh dazzling donor segment for poor steve <laughs> um what Steve wants to mention that he's proud of his, his kid for going, he's going uh, to Mary Wash in the fall and he says, it's not UM-dub. And then Luke plays the fight song and in the fight song, they call it UM-dub. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve also wants Andrew to read a Snopes article about new Coke and Andrew doesn't know why and I don't know why either.
2: Well, it's from after these
0: messages, right? But right. He's, I think he's... it's old sharpshooting another podcast's content. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it's his donor segment. He can do what he wants. Um, I have a quote from this rambling conversation that was all within the Dazzling Donor that I just wanted to mention. Was it Andrew? I wrote down the quote, but not the attribution, but it had to have been Andrew. When they were debating the difference between the two schools. And the quote is, colleges don't wear bike helmets, universities do.
1: Yeah, that was Andrew because Luke is the one that doesn't know what the difference is between a college and a university. Right, right. Uh, Yay, yay, yay. So that's your donor segment, Steve.
0: Yeah, congratulations. Thanks for all your money. (laughs) It takes a village of money. Let us know if you need any stickers, Steve. (laughs)
1: Um, the top story for today is that Conan O'Brien is being sued for stealing jokes by a guy named Caseberg, who writes jokes and inexplicably puts them on his website, apparently for everyone to use. And then Conan or his writers more likely have been going and uh, lifting those jokes, it seems, and having Conan read them during his monologue. Um, and Luke does go and read uh, both jokes, and it does sound pretty much the same. And it's suspicious it sure that they're po- you know they're read hours after they're posted on this guy's site and a judge seems to agree. So this, this wasn't immediately thrown out. Um, they discussed that this could be uh shared brain syndrome. Some of these jokes were pretty low hanging fruit. There was a tasteless joke about Caitlyn Jenner and cul-de-sacs. And Luke mentions that he thought until very recently, they were called cult de sex. <laughs> I guess he was born into a cult. Well, so, it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they say that Conan himself probably shouldn't be held accountable for this. His writers should, but I kind of, you know, Conan's the boss here and, and he should probably take responsible responsibility for this if it's going to be, uh, a prosecution. Right. I mean, he
2: can't go through and fact check all their jokes every day, but he can certainly establish a standard. Yeah. That that's something that has to not happen.
1: Yeah, and they talk about how um, this is very much exactly like when Andrew stole Luke's, uh, what was it, Swag Shank, Redemption? Oh, yeah, this is exactly shot. like that. <laughs> exactly yeah. like that.
0: And then Andrew went and used it in a monologue on national television.
1: Yeah, just like that. Yeah. Um, Luke tells a story about how he looked over at Carrie's computer and saw an ad for Crocs Which freaked him out because he was looking at Crocs. And then he bought some Crocs, I think, right on the air there. He did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It freaked him out that uh, his browsing history is showing up in her ads on her computer. Um, And again, we realize that he doesn't understand how cookies and IP addresses work. Uh, But we get corrected on that later in the week. Um, He uh, found some Crocs that were very much like his favorite Vans, and he was intrigued. And he thinks that Crocs will help him with his foot stink problem. Uh, he calls them vinegar dogs.
2: I have been thinking about this whole vinegar dog situation.
1: <laughs> Are people's feet really that stinky? Um, I had a friend in high school who's, who, when we went bowling, we nicknamed her Vinny because her feet reeked of vinegar.
2: I mean, don't, doesn't Luke take a shower every day and, like, wash his feet? I mean, how can something smell that bad in one day?
0: But uh, some, some people are excessively sweaty, and that's a place that that'll happen. I know. I'm. I'm re- like. I'm not necessarily even questioning his statement.
2: It's just. I don't. It just seems crazy to me that something could reek
1: that much so quickly. Well, boys are gross.
0: True. Yes, that's true. From I, personal experience.
1: Yeah, I make Duff leave his uh, his shoes outside or in the garage a lot of the time. Hmm. Cause they'll be very, um, in the summer they get pretty bad.
0: I would never think that encasing my feet in foam rubber would be the solution to sweaty feet.
1: No, the, the, that's a weird thing that he thinks about Crocs. I mean, the point of Crocs is that you can hose them down. It doesn't matter if you step in mud. Um, they're good for, gar- I have a pair for gardening. They're great um, because they're ventilated and, and I don't care what happens to them because I can just hose them down at the end of the day.
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, This reminds me of the term athleisure, which Mm. came on the radio the other day while Sam and I were in the car and she cringed Mm -hmm. because it's the movement of wearing athletic gear as leisure gear without actually working out, which everyone already knows because everybody's doing it now. I'm wondering if Crocs are the same way. Like, they're designed for tronching around in the mud and, and doing stuff like that, but now people are just wearing them as casual wear. It's like owning an SUV in the city. I guess so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, I feel like um, maybe this is croc cro- because they are making shoes that look less like their classic. <laughs> less like know, Crocs. Rubber. <laughs> clog. Yeah. Um, and Uggs did this a while ago. I remember because, you know, they made those horrible boots that everyone was wearing in the mid-2000s. And they realized that wasn't going to last forever. So they started to make different kinds of shoes. And now sometimes when I go to the mall, I'll see like displays of all these different kind of shoes that are all made by Uggs and I'm like oh they're trying to diversify so I think that's what Crocs is doing and they're making shoes that actually kind of look presentable and he found a pair that looks like his favorite Vans um, and he thinks they're going to be less stinky than his Vans which I think is a false premise
0: yes
2: they they do look sort of like Vans only plastic
1: yep (laughs) right and i yeah i i predict and an email does too later in the week that these are going to reek uh she she said as a mother of two boys that she's tried everything to get her son's crocs from reeking and she can't do it so we'll see um in the email segment today i don't think there's any actual emails (laughs) i don't even know how this happened but we start immediately talking about the rainier beer ads and uh there was some feedback about how they had to say it within twenty seconds for it to make sense within the context of the commercial, and Luke tries to say "Rain or beer" for thirty whole seconds.
2: Yes,
1: mm-hmm why did they do
0: this. I've never wanted to radio beer more than right now.
2: (laughs) Well, my notes on this whole thing were, number one, Andrew needs to learn to confine his ad talk to after these messages, because it's happened multiple times now that he and Genevieve will cover a particular commercial on after these messages, and then it's like it's not enough for him, and he wants to come and drag it over and talk to Luke about it, and I find that to be very boring, frankly. And uh, my second point is this is pointless. This is just so dumb. Why are we wasting? I mean, it's their podcast. They can do whatever they want. They can make it as long as they
1: want. But dang, this was boring. Well, then they talk a little bit about um, how Andrew was on Ron and Don talking about the mayor and his scandal and realized that the mayor was probably listening to it. And it got all in his head, made him nervous. And then Luke changes the subject back to this beer ad and says his own name for 30 seconds i was just waiting for the show to be over at this point (laughs) well you're in luck because that was the email segment and that was the end of the show thank god sorry emailers (laughs) everywhere i know how unfair
2: for everybody who wants to talk to luke and andrew about things to lose their time to this ridiculousness to luke making stupid noises for five minutes (laughs) Uh, I was annoyed, if you can't tell. Yep. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, number 2382, Hamble Braggs. Andrew is now in St. Paul, with, along with the Stubot, in what they're calling Studio P, which is not their name. Somebody else apparently established this as an official studio name, which seems to be some sort of renovated closet. Although the pictures showed that it was pretty large. It was more like a storage room, not so much a closet. Um and the reason that they're in Studio P is because there's a crunch for studio space because it's Pledge Week at Minnesota Public Radio, which I listen to a lot of. Um, so in the general talk in the beginning of this show, I don't even remember how they get into it, but Luke wants to know uh, if Stu has been going to the gym because there seems to have been some activity on his Twitter or whatever showing his gym going and he and Mandy have found a new gym and he describes some of his workout stuff. He's very into plyometrics and strength training while Mandy is the one who's doing sculpt.
0: Stu works at a brewery now. Why isn't he just tossing kegs around and they could probably mm-hmm. just open a knockoff CrossFit <laughs> at Surly Brewing and just have suckers come in and do all the manual labor of a brewery and call it a workout. That's true. And
2: then at the end, there's beer?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's what would sell it. Just assign everyone an old-timey, surly, um, wrestling singlet and have them all grow facial hair, (laughs) which it's Minnesota at a brewery. Everyone probably already has it. And then you just, you know, Donkey Kong your way through a workout, and then boom, beer.
2: That sounds effective to me. Yeah. Get (laughs) at me, Stu. We're going to make this happen. Uh, Well, uh, switching gears then from people who are sculpting their bodies into something better, we go to Ham Talk (laughs) (laughs) and Luke has been eating a lot of Carl Budding, although he refers to it repeatedly as Carl Budding until he's corrected that he's been saying it incorrectly his whole entire life. And he says he's going down market on his processed meats. Um, Andrew is a meat snob. He won't do Carl Buttig or any of the other prepackaged lunch meat. It's deli counter all the way for him.
0: That's the lunch meat that is found in the, quote, lightly refrigerated section of your local gas station. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and then they talked about the the watery stuff at the bottom of the prepackaged oh, lunch meat. That's oh, like, so hard to listen to. <laughs> but uh, then we get on to another. Um, consistent topic and that's travel and Andrew's trip on the Delta Boeing 757 something something. Uh, He loved it. It's a new airplane for him to love and he had enough legroom despite quote Steve Bannon unquote sitting in (laughs) front of him and reclining the chair
1: and watching Fox News the whole time. Duff has a, a, a bad habit now of whenever he sees Uh, you know, kind of a dumpy middle-aged white guy with kind of silvery hair. He'll just call him Steve Bannon, no matter what's going on, (laughs) especially if he like cuts him off in traffic or something, or if he's being a jerk in some other way, he's always Steve Bannon.
2: Man, that's like going for the nuclear insult right away. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) And they're worried both Luke and Andrew separately. It seems have worried that they haven't scheduled very much bro time for this trip. (laughs) Um, b- because their schedules are pretty, pretty packed. And Luke is annoyed because he's just figured out that he's actually going to have to work on this work trip. And, uh, and that's how most people's jobs are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at this point, Stu describes the show by saying it's this lifestyle podcast about air travel and crippling self doubt.
1: Yep. Which is the best description of TVTL I've ever that heard. Should totally be the new tagline.
0: Yep mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So uh,
2: Andrew wants to talk about the fact That he and Luke have never actually done A fun drive of, of any kind Before I suppose when they worked together On the radio it was Cairo so No fun drives there uh, And he wants to know if he, Luke thinks That they're going to be able to work together With Andrew as a producer kind of Calling him the shots and telling Luke What to do and what to say If that's going to be a problem and Does the
1: TVT a thon not count as a fundraiser? I I.
0: Well, it's not a produced fundraiser. Well, that's true.
2: <laughs> that's a good point. And they get into this analogy where Luke is Tom Brady and Andrew is Bill Belichick. And then my brain said, I don't care about this. <laughs> and they decide uh, or they remind each other that Amy Wu is the big boss of all of this anyway. So she will call the shots and the dynamic will be interesting. And Andrew was here early. I wondered why he was going out a day earlier than Luke and it was for pledge drive producer training uh with a couple of other people and um he was super embarrassed because at the end of the training he and amy had to do some on-air role play and he said that that made him more nervous to be in front of those few people than to be in front of like a whole auditorium people
1: agreed you think so oh Oh, yeah. yeah It's so weird. I had to do, so we have a webinar series at work. Uh, luckily it's only on our intranet and it won't leave, so it'll never see the light of day. Um, but I, I recorded one of these webinars. I wrote it and recorded it and it's to teach doctors how to, uh, interpret statistics in the medical literature. I might've mentioned that on our lady scientist show actually. And so I recorded the basic stats one and I had to present, this whole slideshow to one person in the audience and one person in the control booth. And it was extremely weird. It was in an auditorium, an empty auditorium.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You can lose your concerns in the vastness of anonymity. So if there are enough people watching or listening that you can't single anyone out, really, really, I mean, that's why I think all of us have said all sorts of things on this show that we would never say in front of five or six people.
2: Yeah. That explains it. I suppose so. That and the drinking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The drinking always helps. Yeah. And uh, they end this little discussion by talking about how Amy is awesome at pitching. And I will say I learned that firsthand because I turned the radio on yesterday early afternoon and it was Amy Wu and Luke. Pitching for the pledge drive and she was fantastic. So good job, Amy. Dazzling donor for today is Amy Shepherd, our network mate. Yay. And she mentions the Ten Seven Ten Network. Luke is amazed that it is actually a network. <laughs> All right. And he wants to know if the sportive is going to join the Ten Seven Ten Network. And Stu says no because Piper hates Bobby Pate
1: too. <laughs> Girl's got a lot of hate in her heart.
0: Uh, follow-up file. Uh, I tweeted at Stu thanking him for the name check, and he simply tweeted back, Piper can be fickle.
2: <laughs> well, she is 13. That's kind of their part of their job description yeah. at that point.
0: <laughs> you know what? Uh, not being liked by a 13-year-old girl is so much better than the legal troubles that can come with being liked by a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. I'll take it.
2: That's an excellent observation. Yeah. Yeah. And Luke was pretty funny about this, how he said that he had no problem with with us, Little Red Bandwagon. But as soon as he found out that we had an actual podcast network, he was like, are they coming for us? And he's like, I'm not so sure that I'm cool about this now. But continuing on with uh, Amy's donor message, um, they talk about how Amy went to Chicago for the Chicago live show and how her phone bricked and Andrew tried to fix it, but it didn't work. And she essentially ended up being taken care uh, of by all of the Chicago tens and everyone made sure that she had a good time and that she got back to the airport. And that was great. And they're very heartwarmed by that story.
0: Oh, so, a lot yeah, of Amy. good people in that Chicago tens mm-hmm. group. I've hung out with them. There's a lot of good people and Mike McCauley, but a lot of good people. <laughs>
2: Uh, Top story for today is this Home Depot story from Haverhill, Massachusetts. Is that anywhere near the Boston area, Bobby?
0: Uh, Yes, it is. It is not that far away, actually. Excellent.
2: And um, there was a man who impersonated a Home Depot Depot employee by uh, wearing one of the uh, aprons and uh, then stealing air conditioners. But the problem was that his apron said Shannon, and it had flowers drawn on it. So eventually (laughs) some sharp manager said, wait a minute, (laughs) and he was caught. And what was the thing? He hid in the parking lot for a while, but then when they caught him, he still had the apron with him in his pocket. And um, Andrew thinks that this was probably because he, he borrowed the apron from somebody he knows called Shannon, and so he has to return it. And it was have, all pretty funny.
0: I have apron talk. And before I mention that, I want to clarify one thing. So Haverhill is about 40, hour, uh, 40 minutes north of Boston. So for a normal person in most places in the country, it's not that far away. For somebody who lives here, it's a lifetime away. It's just the, the local bias of distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but now more importantly about these Home Depot aprons, uh, Sam's mom worked at Home Depot for a little while uh, a couple of years ago. And one day we get this picture from her. It's a selfie taken in the bathroom mirror at the ladies' room at her Home Depot because she was so excited to show us her apron. Aww. Because, they, because <laughs> they keep them under close guard. You don't get to take them home. Really? Oh, they keep so- them there and they keep a very close eye on them because there are so many employees and they're all coming and going. And the way that lumber comes in and out of the contractor's area and and sort of the free flow of things inside and outside, they are acutely aware of the fact that somebody could steal one of these aprons and just come and go as they please, especially from the contractor entrance where all the lumber and stuff is. They totally think that somebody could just take an apron and just start stealing shit.
2: So wow. that really throws Andrews theory in the garbage that he borrowed it from somebody that he knew named Shannon.
0: Somebody, it's a hot commodity. Somebody swiped it. I mean, Uh, maybe Shannon brought it home and wasn't supposed to, or maybe Shannon brought it home and was fired or whatever, but it's not that it's just anyone at a Home Depot, you can get that apron. They're, they're hard to come by. Hmm. Who
2: knew? Yeah.
0: It's a whole thing. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, Andrew says that this just proves the point that if you walk around with an authoritative uh, manner, you can pretty much get away with most anything. And um, I agree with that. I have uh, snooped all over the University of Minnesota in different mechanical rooms and things, and only one time have I ever been asked what I was doing there. And I I don't actually look very much like a a mechanic or other uh, (laughs) building maintenance type person. So, yes, I think there's definitely a lot to that. And um, Luke th- thinks that Andrew would really groove on working at Home Depot. And he says to the contrary. He actually would not like working at the Home Depot at all. And he tells about something when he worked at New Hampshire Public Radio where they had an off-site staff meeting at, at a, Home a Home Depot. Depot. This sounds... Crazy to me. Me too. But as soon as he saw all the motivational literature in the quote-unquote corporate-style break room, he hated Home Depot. I How is he going to do this at the hotel? He's going to have to post these uh, corporate-type things for employees. There are some legal things you have to post.
0: There's no I in team at the Hotel Walsh. <laughs>
2: So then Luke wants to share an observation that is really good that actually comes from Carrie, that uh, there are two types of people who work at Home Depot, and one is the guys who know everything, and these are always guys with mustaches, and two, everybody else who knows nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good observation.
0: Absolutely true.
2: But it's going to take you a long time to learn everything at Home Depot because those places are just massive.
0: Well, and my mother-in-law couldn't stay there long enough to grow a mustache, so that's how that shakes out.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs> what departments did she work in?
0: I don't remember. Um, I know she was, I think she's just on the floor somewhere. Uh, it didn't last very long. She really didn't like the, uh, actually, the super corporate culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she was a lifer in the office, the administrative offices at Stop and Shop until they moved the office, and she ended up going back into another position at Stop and Shop, so... Uh, she just, yeah, it wasn't for her.
2: No, probably wouldn't be for me either, but I do like those orange aprons. Yeah. They're pretty fly.
0: Also, uh, it's 2017. There could be a guy named Shannon with some flowers uh, on yes, his apron. Sure, Let's not be so gender normative about this. I mean, there you were a- in the power plant office Maybe. of the university. Yes.
2: There aren't a ton of guys in this world named Shannon, but it's not exclusively a female name. Yeah. He's just very
0: Irish and very in touch with his feminine side.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to emails for the day. Uh, This is when we get an email from Chris about this whole cross-pollination of online ads and Luke seeing Carrie's ads and Carrie seeing Luke's ads. So that all gets explained, as Meredith mentioned, about having multiple devices on one IP. Uh, Then there's a digression about the Mariners and why are they so injured? And is it because of the training regimen? And Stu says, yes, that's correct. And Luke's very upset. And Andrew had the only interesting line of this discussion, which was, but they all wear those titanium necklaces.
1: (laughs) 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 We could probably do a whole show about the pseudoscientific stuff that athletes do. Bats true. improve their performance
0: because they do all sorts of nonsense. I <laughs> have uh, yep. a shout out to listener Jojo, actually, who tweeted at me the other day because this came up, I think, on another podcast that he and I both listened to. But the, one of the new things people are wondering about is there's a bat company that is boning their bats. Before uh, you get your bat, they are rubbing it down with a femur from a cow. No way. Uh, because they say it makes the bat harder and... <laughs> It's a, it's a completely serious thing. It's a very popular. Their market share is growing a lot. Uh, and their big thing is that they bone all their bats before they go out.
1: <laughs> Stop saying bone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so at this point, Luke says that he did download some ad blockers. He lists them all, but I didn't write them down. Per that irate listener's advice, and he's into it can't believe he didn't do it before now me neither nope uh continuing on this whole ad talk Stu is looking at his um ads in on his computer and he's got one for sears and he says that's because he just recently dropped a hotel key card into his dryer vent which was an 85 dollar repair and that makes luke upset at the new uh Maytag commercials that have a hunky repair guy and not like the old grandpa looking repair guy with um, the glasses and who's always bored because he never gets called out to repair anything.
1: Now why is this making him mad? I don't know. He doesn't appreciate when men's bodies are objectified? Hmm. I guess he's
2: jealous of the new hunky Maytag guy. I was thinking it was going to be some stud, but I looked it up, and it's this uh, relatively well-known actor called Colin Ferguson who's been in a few shows, and he's oh, yeah. 44, so he's not like a 24-year-old male model Maytag guy. I'm not sure why Luke is so jealous of this.
0: Colin Ferguson's primary role is to look like Mike Rowe without the price tag yes. or political <laughs> <Totally>. concerns. <laughs>
2: That's a very good observation, Bobby. <laughs> and they finally end this this episode on what I considered a high note when they revealed that Amy Wu told them that they can't have beer in the studio. <laughs> Mostly, I think, because they're going Jeez. to record TVTL before they do the Pledge Drive work, and she doesn't want them to be blitzed when they come to do the Pledge Drive.
1: <laughs> Why should she even have to say that to them? Uh, well studio
0: p is much like uh a spring training uh press box mm-hmm. it must be yeah
1: all right uh it is time for thursday 2383 the dingus crown affair uh this is the show where everything is a show title ah uh, yes mm-hmm. luke opens the show by saying that he is feeling short of breath which is a very concerning symptom um but he implores us to uh, not worry about him and to not email him because he's already Googled it. Um, and Whatever. it's either. <laughs> this
2: is like waving red meat in front of a tiger to yep. give a symptom and then
1: say, I'm fine, nobody email me. <laughs> <laughs> and a serious symptom. Being short of breath is no joke. Um, Andrew looks it up and says, he wonders if it's pneumonia. And Luke makes fun of the way he says pneumonia for a while. Uh, it's either a blood clot, choking, and collapsed lung, but Luke is convinced that it's just allergies. That's actually pretty sensible. I thought that was a good call. I hope that's all it is.
0: Yeah, my left arm was radiating, guys. Don't, don't email me. Oh, it's just, it's just allergies.
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We would know if there was a doctor in the house because everyone's required to register as a doctor except when they're a PhD. Um, because we all know that PhDs don't do as much schooling as MDs. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He was set right on the uh, Stens page, but he's never going to see it.
0: I heard the phones just whizzing throughout TBTL universe. <laughs> just everyone's phone went out the window
1: Yeah. when he said this. It is so not true. PhDs need a t- ton of schooling and a ton of work and research and time defending and time writing and teaching and all sorts of stuff uh there's no no universe in which we should be discounting the amount of work that a phd does
2: no absolutely not
0: Luke and seems... if they want to, if they want to attempt to get a better hotel room because of it i say let them yeah they deserve it They should all get upgraded hotel rooms. Luke thinks
1: the only reason to call yourself a doctor in public is in case there's like a medical emergency where you need to be called upon to save someone who's choking or having a heart attack. I don't think that's why they do that. I think it's to give you your correct honorific. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's all. It would be funny if to get your PhD in philosophy, you still had to take one first aid class. (laughs) Just have all your bases covered.
1: If you're ever on that airplane, you can help. (laughs) uh the dazzling donor for today is alan christensen and he tells us uh, a sad story about the rv that he reluctantly bought because his wife really wanted uh he talked about the first time they took it on a drive uh he saw a plume of smoke coming out of the back of it it was some sort of uh power steering fluid situation it wasn't that big of a deal um and this is already making andrew anxious at this point about their trip to austin um alan also does destroyed his neighbor's car by backing the rv up and then he sheared the top off a little bit and now it rains inside the bedroom (laughs) uh he called for a very precise tornado to come and take it away um andrew suggests that they drive that one down to austin blow it up and then do the
0: show in front of a burning rv
2: that sounds like a great plan
0: i mean if you're gonna pick a state to do it texas is probably a good choice
1: that's true absolutely yeah Uh, Top story for today uh, is basically naming the King-related segments that they've got today. And they come up with some pretty terrible ones. King of Studio Peon. uh, What was it? Kings of Wishful Thinking. And Luke kind of settles on Royal Report uh, after all of that. Pretty terrible. (laughs) Boring name. Um, But this first top story King related segment is that the King of the Netherlands has been flying as a co pilot for KLM kind of covertly. Uh, Nobody's really noticing. Luke has to mention that he has been in first class on European Airlines and they're nothing special. They just reserve the spot next to you for space. Uh, But he does enjoy their coffee mugs, which he took two of, along with stirrers. And he mentions here that he uses random objects around his desk to stir his coffee, which is so disgusting. Uh-huh. Get up and get a spoon. Uh-huh. He said or something buy I, about some a pen. Stirs. A pen or your glasses arm? hmm Sick.
0: Uh, here's a trick. If you put whatever you want in your coffee in the cup first, the force of pouring the coffee into the cup will do a pretty decent job stirring it. That's true. No shoving your glasses into your cup needed.
1: Ugh. Disgusting. Um, Luke... Uh, wonders if, if U S presidents were piloting planes, if we would recognize their voice and they go through the last few most recent presidents and we definitely would recognize. And then Luke does his Bill Clinton impression, except he pretends to be a flight attendant rather than a pilot. Right. And Andrew was egging him on the whole time. (laughs) Yep. I wouldn't mind, uh, being on a plane flown by Bill Clinton. That'd be fun. Uh Party plane. Totally. Um, The top story number two, King related, is that the King of Thailand was spotted in a mall in Germany wearing a crazy crop top. And I went and looked these pictures up. They are definitely crazy. Uh Uh-huh. He is an insane person. The Daily Mail called those tattoos temporary tattoos. So I guess maybe he doesn't actually have them, but he has stuff all over his back and his arms and his stomach. Uh, that's a great deal of temporary tattoos, wow. if that's what he did. Um, um, I
0: would invite him to my henna party. Definitely.
1: <laughs> he sounds like a party animal. I did a little bit more reading about him, and he sounds like an insane person. Um, he has a dog, a poodle named Fufu, and he named that dog the Air Chief Marshal of Thailand. Um, oh. he, he puts jackets on this little dog and brings him to official dinners and lets him walk along the tables and drink out of people's water glasses. Still better than Trump's appointees.
0: <laughs> can we have fufu over here please <laughs> <laughs> um fufu has uh oh i think was i'm sorry to say i just found a wikipedia article for fufu but it sounds like fufu is no longer Fufuing as oh, of 2015 no. Oh, but lived 17 years probably due to that royal health care so wow.
1: that's not too bad Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that
0: the Daily Mail
1: didn't cover that. (laughs) Uh, In emails and V-mails, we get an email saying that if Luke is getting Crocs because he thinks they don't stink, his vinegar dogs are barking up the wrong tree (laughs) that I've talked about (laughs) earlier, Um, Luke starts to wonder what they should wear in the RV. He is aiming for comfort wear, maybe some high-performance fabrics, and we learn that Luke doesn't ever wear shorts. Uh, It sounds like Andrew prefers shorts in the summer, but Luke never wears them, but he might for this. And I bet once he gets to Austin, it's 105. he will want to wear some shorts. Yes, I think so.
0: Uh, That's what happened to me last summer in Texas. I don't wear shorts a ton, but uh, when I was spending a week in August in Texas, I certainly wore shorts.
1: Oh, yeah. You'll wear shorts. Everyone wears shorts. (laughs) It's impossible to get around uh, without it. You'll faint. From stroke. Um, They talk about socks a little bit and how uh, we all used to wear tube socks when we were kids, but now everyone's wearing those little tiny socks. And one of them, I forget who, said that when people are just wearing those without shoes, it freaks them out. Was it Andrew?
2: It was Andrew. Mm
1: -hmm. Of all the weird things to be freaked out about. I know. So odd. Um, We get a really terrific voicemail from Scott, the Iowa 10, as he calls himself. (laughs) It's pretty great. Uh, He's at the McDonald's drive-thru, and he is ordering it while on the phone. He gets two sausage burritos and a large coffee, and apparently somewhere in there they say welcome back to him, which gives Scott a great deal of shame. Uh, Luke and Andrew think that McDonald's should pretend that you're a brand new customer every time you appear to spare your feelings. (laughs) Oh, you came over from the juice shop across the street. Would you like to try our wares for the first time? Some juice or perhaps a sausage
2: burrito?
0: (laughs) That's like uh, Steve Bruhl with the hamburger sandwich from the McDonald's. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This gets them off on a a tear about fast food and especially fast food when you're either drinking or you're hungover. Um, Andrew says that when he wakes up hungover, he feels like he earned his crappy fast food. Um, like he needs it to settle his stomach and it's going to make him feel better. Um, and he tells the story about the last time he did this, he went and got 10 chick nuggets, which is the smallest amount of nuggets you can get at Burger King for $1.49, which is disgusting. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and he ate them on the way home. And by then he was full, but he still ate his double Whopper minus cheese, of course, and his onion rings anyway.
0: Well, you're going to maximize that. Of course.
1: Well, you already uh, paid for it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I. This is, well, do I even have to say that this
1: logic is just silly? That yeah, the idea that hangover? you... Hangover? Yeah, you, we think it's a really good idea to eat some terrible food adjacent to drinking too much. Like, we've already made a one bad decision. Why don't we just compound it?
2: I know. And they, they put the sense of morality in it. Like, oh, I earned this. The this, hard night of
1: drinking made it that I earned this fast food gluttony <laughs> it just doesn't follow it doesn't although this did remind me since we just recorded this stu- this uh lady scientist show that we could commission a study to figure out how much alcohol increases the risk of going to boo <laughs>
2: i wonder if anybody studied that
0: see i would have thought that'd be a taco bell study but in this <laughs> well, localized field yeah
1: yeah that's an interesting variable. We could we could study several different fast food places.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should get on that. All right. I'll call the NIH. <laughs> Good luck getting any money from them. <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday, 2384, buy roadies for carnies. It's a $5 Friday edition of TBTL in Studio P, which I think is actually a little bit of a carryover from the most recent episode of The Sportive. So go listen to that. Not a member of the 10710 Network podcast Uh, to catch up yet. yet. We're seeing... We look at you, Stu. And speaking of Stu, um, Luke wants to examine why Stu's nickname is Stu still, despite not...
2: Didn't we already answer
0: this question? He told that story on the show a long time ago. He did, but uh, the questions now are why are you Stu now even though you don't work with a bunch of Steves? No, but
2: the whole... No, the whole story was that the first day or second day he was in college, somebody made a Stewie Newman joke. And that's where Stew comes from. Right.
0: But do you expect Luke to remember that? Well, good point. And Stew does a nice job of keeping the mystery this time by simply (laughs) refusing to answer any questions about it when when his logic is challenged. So what I'm trying to say is Stew is getting ready to run for president. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Luke asks him if he's ever considered doing Boy Named Stew for karaoke, and the answer is, of course, he's considered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole episode Friday is just a whole lot of three guys um, throwing it up with some tangents. Uh, we get some Third Eye Blind lullaby album play on the air, uh, followed by an account of why everyone's feeling a little rough today. Uh, they went out Thursday night with Eric the Viking Stromstadt. To a bar that has bocce in it, uh, clarifying that Eric the Viking is not a Homestar Runner character, but is in fact a real person who works at Minnesota (laughs) Public Radio. Uh, And after they get back, they didn't tell this quite in chronological order, so I'll unfold it the way they did. Luke ordered a pizza at 2 a.m., and it didn't arrive until 4 a.m., and he was pretty hangry about it. Uh, You should always know better than to try to order delivery food that late at night. There is one sad driver on a Thursday weeknight, Friday morning. Uh, who's far too busy and miserable to get your food quickly. And he had to go down to the lobby to get it, looking a mess to anyone who happened to be in the lobby of what is apparently a relatively nice hotel that they were staying at. Nice enough to have a Lopez TV guide when you turn it on.
1: And nice enough to have sober people in the lobby. Yeah. (laughs) I love that he had to give himself a pep talk uh, before (laughs) he went down to see if he could act
0: like a normal human being. Just be normal. Every day. You magnificent (laughs) bastard. Uh, Andrew reminds Luke something that he seems to have forgotten, which is before he went back to his hotel room for a 2 a.m. pizza call, uh, that he had a little MSNBC and chill with Andrew in Andrew's room. (laughs) Uh, Up until the rerun of Chris Hayes came on from earlier in the night that they called it a night. Uh, Stu's Thursday night was less exciting. He was at dad dance practice, which we find out is an annual thing. (laughs) Not just a one-off from last year. Yeah. (laughs) And this year's uh, studio dad dance is to a combination of Black Sabbath's Paranoid and some Toby Keith song I could not take the time to consider writing down.
1: Who chose these songs? I don't know. Terrible.
0: Uh, But it's clearly aimed at physical and emotional humiliation (laughs) <laughs> Andrew Andrew asks if Piper's studio is co-ed or not because he's trying to figure out if the girls are just ganging up on their dads, um, which was just a weird question. And yeah. Stu calls him on it being a weird question.
1: Well, because it's a dad thing, right? Like, that was my first
0: thought. Like, are moms there? No, it's a dad dance. Right. <laughs> uh, the dazzling donor for Friday is Lynn Pham, of course. Uh, and I only mention this because... Uh, well I mentioned it because we love Lynn but I also mentioned it because Luke did the funniest thing to me which was that he said quote what I'm saying right now will be a drop on marsupial Gurgle. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Uh top story Friday uh a Port Townsend Carnival Ferris wheel accident where PT cruising though they didn't say it I don't think. Um Luke feels vindicated for his fear of shoddy fly-by-night, come-into-town weekend carnivals uh, and the rides therein, Uh, something that he has expressed before, and he calls Carrie, who is undeterred by this recent Ferris wheel accident at the carnival, and uh, it will not stop her from thoroughly enjoying local, towny carny rides. (laughs) I like it that he said that carnival rides are, quote, Things
2: assembled by drifters who have nothing to lose.
0: (laughs) He's not wrong. Um, No. uh, But Carrie cites the odds. This is lightning striking twice. Somebody just got hurt on the Ferris wheels or not hurt, but stuck. So what are the odds it's going to happen again? That's carnival law.
2: Well, this, I would think, would be an argument that would speak to Luke because he's made the exact same argument with regard to Chipotle and the food poisoning thing. He said, I would go eat at Chipotle the day after all that food poisoning stuff came out because it's the safest place to eat.
0: That's true. And LRB's official unofficial pro bono counsel would agree, being Mm -hmm. the Chipotle enthusiast that he is. That's right. Um, Yeah, there's an argument made both ways here. Are carnies uh, worse at safety because they have nothing to lose? Or are they better at safety because of the frequency of which they assemble and disassemble these rides, so you would think they're put together with a level of mastery. Um I, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the I'm fact that you. they
1: can put them together with their eyes shut doesn't give me a lot of comfort. Right. Because <laughs> they
0: probably do. Uh and Luke retells the story of waking up a carny who was under his rides so that <laughs> so that his only daughter could ride that ride uh, and while well, he watched her put her life in her hands. Uh, Andrew lets us know, or reminds us, this has come up before, that he went through a roller coaster phase in high school. Andrew fears getting stuck on a roller coaster more than he fears dying on one.
1: <laughs> because of the ladder. Because ladders and stairs don't belong outside, that high up in the air. Right. <laughs> I used to go to Cedar Point a ton when I was a kid. It wasn't that far away from, from Michigan, obviously. And uh, I thought it would be, I always thought when I was really little that it would be great fun to get stuck upside down in a loop. <laughs> ah, of course I was might. kind of rooting for that. Uh,
0: I also went to Cedar Point many times. I think we've discussed that before. Yeah. Uh, but I've never been stuck on one of those rides. And I'll be perfectly happy never to be stuck on them now. Uh, I also just don't enjoy roller coasters as much as I used to.
1: I'm old. I love them, but I've boring. never been stuck.
0: Yeah. No,
2: I-, I too have been to Cedar Point many a time. Given my time in Cleveland, and have never been stuck on one of them. But I, I did always wonder, going to Cedar Point, how is it that all the other girls look so good, and I'm like in a T-shirt and shorts, and my hair is all straggly and wind-blown, and I'm not wearing any makeup, and then all these other college-age women would be walking around with their Hair and nice little ponytails and high-heeled shoes. I'm
0: like, how does this work? What am I missing? Probably because they're
1: not having any fun. I bet they're not going on any rides. That's true. Probably not.
0: Uh, We should totally have an LRB meetup at Cedar Point. Point. We'll all go to Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll go to one of the few good things in Ohio. Sorry to most of the rest of Ohio. (laughs) And uh, some of you can go on rides if you want. And the rest of you can sit with me and drink and eat fried food. I'm into it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, the guys next air an entire 10-minute tape of a commencement speech by Maria Bamford at uh, your school, and mm-hmm. Excuse me, university. It's your helmet-wearing yeah. university. college
2: or is it a university? I think it was the College of Liberal Arts at the University of Minnesota. Oh, oh, well, that's oh
0: unnecessarily complicated. Uh, <laughs> I like that the guys mentioned at the top of the show that they listened to the first couple of minutes of this tape, but then decided to keep their powder dry, which I really think meant they want to fill 10 minutes of the show. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it was worth it. It's a great tape. Um, we don't, I don't think we need to break it down, but it, the, the gist of it is she didn't let the university lowball her on her fee. Uh, and then she gave her basically her net from her payment to a student in a check made out to Sally May to help pay off that student's loans that in front sweet. of the people that she negotiated the money. from. <laughs> 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 um, I'll let you guys jump in with your thoughts. I do have two quotes that I thought were great from that speech. The first was the advice from her manager, who I think was a father of a friend of hers, uh, which was never say no without a number. So that's just good Mm -hmm. business advice. And then the other one was gross is the disgusting amount of money you will never receive. Yeah. I thought her description of how
1: to, how to determine gross from net was really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Net is Uh, the little little bag of money that you're going to take away.
0: Yes. And um, I also was just generally impressed that Maria Bamford managed to tell so much about her life's experiences um, cleanly and in a way for public consumption that was still very funny and charming. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've always thought she was funny, but like yeah. she, she read her audience and formatted her, her points accordingly really well.
1: Yeah, she did. And I thought it was hilarious that she brought up the, her STD clinic in Hollywood. <laughs> Yes. how did you let it get so bad
2: <laughs> and and yet although she did keep that pretty clean it was edgy enough that i would guess that the regents or whoever who were sitting behind her were getting progressively more and more nervous about <laughs> what she was going to say in the end about what the whole
0: point of this was Uh, And a nice break from just getting up there and taking swings at Donald Trump like so many other commencement speeches that are making it viral Mm -hmm. right now are. Uh, And with that, we'll go to Music for Your Weekend. Stu, who I guess is the guest of honor for Music for Your Weekend this time around, brings Black Oak, Arkansas's Jackie Blue. Andrew brings the Amps' bragging party. And Luke uh, fumbles around a bit before bringing MIA's Visa. Uh, And then a little Easter egg at the very end after that, Luke mentions that he admitted he sent Thursday's show to Carrie and asked her if they should redo it before they aired it. (laughs) (laughs) And she said that it was no worse than any of the other episodes of (laughs) TBTU. Wow. (laughs) Um, Anne, housekeeping? housekeeping the archive
2: project continues of course by now we all know about the contest submit your episodes uh that you have archived in order to win lrb raffle tickets um please use our amazon links if you're going to be buying things on amazon and i know you are lrb.com slash amazon on our network mate earbuds and earworms this week it's the life of Potosaurus rex it's songs about dinosaurs i can think of one off the top of my head that i'll be disappointed if they don't include and we're also soliciting something from you no not sex please send in your favorite lrb moments Uh, christy has got an idea in her head for doing an lrb best of show so we want to know if there's anything that stands out to you that made you happy or made you sad or made you feel your feelings, and uh, let us know what those are. And at some future date, we're going to um, put those together in a nice big um, show quilt and play those
0: for you. Yeah. You don't have to be so quick to rule out the sex part. I mean, (laughs) I'm happily married and content. I I believe Meredith is in that same boat, but, you know... there are a lot of tens out there, a lot of wagoneers, and you should probably just leave the doors open to everything. Yeah, Bobby, are you pimping me? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm <laughs> simply saying you should never say no without a number. That's true.
1: If I've learned anything in the room. this
0: week. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm so glad that she just overheard that. <laughs> Meredith, could you please tell us how to get involved?
1: (laughs) I better. Um, Please, please, go to our website, littleredbandwagon.com. There's a form you can fill out to be on the show. Uh, Come hang out with us on Facebook, our page, or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. That's also how you ask to sign up for the Archive Project. Uh, Send us a voicemail or a text 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that... And why don't you get us out of here?
2: Until next time, this is The Next Party.
0: And we love you, Chen. Uh, we're sorry to see pretty snarky go, but uh, we'll still be in touch. I'm sure we'll hear from you.
1: Yes. <claps> Nailed it. Oh, I scared Eddie. <laughs> sorry, buddy.
0: If you had a fidget spin in your pocket, Luke, um, I'm just happy to see you. <laughs> I was so big. I actually paused thinking I hope <laughs> he doesn't say that. But if I hadn't paused, you wouldn't yeah. have.